Hi, welcome to the second episode of Morning Matcha. I'm here today with David Denberg. He's a curator and partner at the Summit Series, which is a business conference for entrepreneurs, talented entrepreneurs from all over the world. Hi. Hey, good morning. Thanks good so morning. much for having me here today. Thanks for coming. Okay, so yeah, this is the first time that we've ever met in person. And what I've seen from you through your Facebook is that you're the most positive, smiling, amazing person. And I've always just couldn't wait to meet you. And you. you're always traveling, I feel. And I just want to hear about what it was like growing up here in Los Angeles. You grew up in Malibu, right? Yep. And um, just kind of what got you started and in the Summit series and all your travels. So everything. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, you might have to ask some more directed questions, <laughs> but I will say um, growing up in Malibu around a family of entrepreneurs definitely gave me a lot of perspective on what it's like to run your own business and have the freedom of schedule. So um, my family, my mom loves to travel. She, as you know, created Osea All Natural seaweed-based skincare company. And for her, her mission was to make sure that everything that we put on our body is all natural because it gets absorbed into our skin and so many known carcinogens are used on products. Why would we let people do that? And her, her passion derived that she was formerly a spa director and she was really curious to say, hey, I make all these great treatments, but there's no good products. I'm just going to start making the products. And... And so we moved to Malibu in 1993, 92. And Malibu back then was very different. It was like a sleepy surfer beach community. And my parents were like, oh, we just want to live near the beach with good schools. And so I grew up, my dad lived on Point Doom and my mom lived across the street from Zuma in this neighborhood called Malibu Park. And basically lived in Malibu from when I was six until I was 20. Um, apart from time off here or there. But that was really like the first early years of entrepreneurship for me as well. Like, you know, seeing when my mom would get a big piece of press, Ozzy Osbourne got written up in People Magazine for using Osea. Boom, we're all up as a family late night. I'm making boxes. Someone's packing, shipping. And so it was like getting to understand the boom and the bust of it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, moments like where my mom decided we're all going to go on vacation for the month of December and just work remote. And so she had her whole office set up so that we could do a four week trip in Thailand. And she pulled me out of school rightfully saying, she's like, Hey, you're only going to learn so much there. <laughs> yeah. So a very uh, adventurous family. We traveled to Costa Rica for the first time in the year that Jerry Garcia died, which I think I want to say was like 95. Wow. Something like that, because my he died while we were there. Oh. And, my, and my mom and my sister were both Grateful Dead fans. Mm -hmm. And so they were, they were pretty broken up about Aww. it. And so you, your parents weren't together, but you, they stayed friends? and Totally. I have a modern family. Mm -hmm. My parents were divorced, but they lived within a five minutes of each other my entire childhood. And I saw both of them regularly, even, in fact, on like, Thanksgiving, for example, uh, my mom would be with her new husband and his two daughters. It'd be my sister. And then my dad would be there as well. 
and it's mm-hmm. just everyone was very amicable relationship, um, which makes it I think a lot more easy to have parents who are separated. Yeah. And then what happened? When did you? So at that time you figured, okay, I really want this kind of, I want this kind of life. I want to be able to travel, yep. do things on my own time. And you're obviously a really creative person. So where have you channeled that creativity into now? So my mom used to joke. She was like, I knew you'd be great at, at business and sales when you would have your friend who is an artist come over and make, make a bunch of drawings of people in the home and then you'd put them on the wall and then you tour the family around. You tour me around uh, the art gallery and sell me on, you know, the six-year-old drawings of me or the dog or the view or something like that. And so it really just kind of grew from there, like different little small businesses in my teenage years. But my first really exciting business was when I was 22. I opened up actually really close to here on Abikini, a men's streetwear store. Oh. And it was a pop-up concept retail, and we would curate all the different clothing brands that we wanted. We worked with them to give us their product on consignment. My friend's mom owned the, owned the building, so we got good storefront and a really good deal. And out the gates at 22, we got the business license, we got the clothes, we got the venue. We spent you know two months building it out and opened up a men's clothing store. Wow. What was on it called? On one of the hottest walk, walk streets in, uh, yeah. in L.A. What was it called? It was called Sebo, which in French, it's C apostrophe E-S-T, Beau, which of course means it's beautiful. Wow. I have a deep connection to French history and French culture. I went to high school in France for a year. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and how was that? Did you learn to speak French? I did. Um, I also learned how to connect with other cultures, more importantly. But I learned... What I would say is like I learned how to teach myself things through high school and college. So French was the goal from when I was 12 until I was 17. I studied it every year in school. I went to France for a summer. I went to France, lived with a French family went for, and for my whole 16th year. And so by the end of it, absolutely speaking fluently, getting to adventure and explore around Europe because at 16 you can have a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Europe mm-hmm. than we can in the United yeah. States. In Malibu, I was like just getting a car and there I was like going out at night and traveling to Barcelona and, and doing, you know, independent trips. Did you ever have to think about that kind of thing? Like, I want to push myself and go out of the box, out of my comfort zone, or it just always came and still comes naturally to you? It's a good question. I, th- I think in my general philosophy things don't just happen to us, they happen for us. And so like being very intentional, even from a young age, how can I design my life, acknowledging that I had the ability to steer it in whatever direction. And that's a huge thing to grasp at a young age. Did you learn that intuitively or just because your mom seems obviously like a very intuitive person, did she influence that? I think subconsciously she did. We, as a family, were, were, she was already living that, and so was my dad, like weaving, hey, I want to live in Malibu. Hey, I want to go here. I want to travel there. This is how I want to spend my days. When my family's younger, I want to be with them. Seeing that, I think it was just almost like by mitosis that got absorbed. Mm -hmm. And 
I just started looking at my life every every day, every week, every month. Like, how can I make it the most fun and also growth oriented? Mm-hmm. And so, how did you get involved with Summit? Because my experience, what the reason I love it so much is because it has that. It's super fun, but it's also the whole personal growth aspect to it. it brings in spirituality, but also business and just always learning and seeking and being the best version of yourself. So was that just something that you were just aligned with and you met these people or how did it all come to be? Definitely. Well, I'm very lucky because I found my tribe. People who look at the world in the same way and ask themselves, you know, how do I grow as a person every day? Um, While I was doing the men's clothing store, my sister who's friends with Elliot Biznow was like, hey, you got to meet these guys and hear about this. It's really cool. And she had met them in Costa Rica. She had met mm-hmm. Elliot at this thing called Awesomeness Fest oh. in 2010. And she kept being like, oh, you got to meet my brother. Uh, he's great. And she kept telling me about them. And eventually our worlds collided. And, and my sister helped host a brunch with Elliot and some of his friends and he came over and walked to the store and I was, it was like, he's like, what'd you do here? What's going on? And I was like, well, check this out. And I, I basically took him through the whole store, told him what I did and then proceeded to sell him. Cause I was like, you know, on one hand, either he's going to get some great gear or, or we're going to be lifelong friends. Either mm-hmm. way, I want him leaving with something. Cause then he'll think of me. And so he bought, you know, a couple sweatshirts and some stuff. He's like, this is incredible. We just stayed in touch. And then eventually um, I came to the realization that I wanted to close the store. I wasn't feeling the drive and called Elliot. We were just staying in touch. I was like, hey, um, shutting down Shop Sabo. Not sure what's next, but really open to learning. My priority at the, at the, at the young age was like, hey, I want to own a business. And then when I was a little bit, you know, a little bit into it, I was like, wow, it's not just owning a business. It's working with people that challenge me and and force me to grow, especially at like such a young age. And then also getting a range of business exposure from really talented people uh, because it's, that's how I would, that's how I'd learn. Mm -hmm. So Elliot ultimately was like, hey, I love this. Why don't you move to Miami and meet the team? And I moved to Miami and it was supposed to be like for a week and I never left. Wow. So how long were you there? Six months. Wow. Yeah. And then we moved the whole company from Miami to Malibu. Oh, okay. And yeah. everyone came? Everyone came. And was it weird for people to live together? Or it was just... Um, not at all. I think that there was a couple reasons it worked well. There was like a... You know, there is a clearly defined hierarchy. Mm-hmm. It's not like an egalitarian society. It's like, hey, we're building a business. This is a very exciting moment in time. If you want to be here, work hard. But also there's like, you know, respect for the you know, the separation. Like, hey, it's 8.30 a.m. You're just waking up. I'm not going to smash you with work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, we had a live-in chef. Oh, you did? We had a very streamlined lifestyle to where it was great to, like, live there and create together lunch every day and, like, dinner and breakfast. That sounds wonderful. It was really nice. And was everyone, like, was it a healthy chef? I mean, I feel like Summit's pretty 
that, that was the that early way. days where it all started. Yeah. Wow. So now, I mean, you're constantly creating and curating and meeting people. And it seems like that just comes naturally to you. But what keeps you inspired? I'm constantly inspired by the stories that people tell me about what they do for work or how they have lived their life. Um, that's one of the one of the beautiful privileges of being a curator for Summit is that I do meet so many passionate, successful, driven people. Um, it really is humbling to learn about you know what what they focus on, what they create in the world. On top of that, I'm inspired by nature. I love skiing. I love surfing. I love hiking and being outdoors, um, and then traveling to connect with new cultures. Mm-hmm. What keeps you up at night? Oh, God. That's, uh, <laughs> two things keep me up at night. My curiosity about reading about other places in the world and thinking about where I want to go. I think last night I was, like, looking at plane tickets to Argentina and imagining, like, could I, could I pull it off? Like, I really want to go. Yeah. Um, and, and then also um, I write in my ju- recap journal in bed almost every night, just being like, hey, this is how I got myself one step closer to where I want to be at the end of the day. That's so nice. Yeah. And when you don't write in it, that keeps you up or just? Honestly, probably work. I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I sometimes work until like 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah, I can tell. But that's just because I like doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. How can you tell? Well, because I feel like you're so responsive and every time I've ever needed to get a hold of you, you're like right there. Yeah. And I've never met you. And I was thinking I'm probably one of thousands of people, maybe hundreds or thousands of people that have access to you on your phone. I mean, it doesn't just end at email. It's like your phone, your Facebook, anything. But your work allows you to just... Like, does it allow you to be like, okay, I really want to go to Argentina. I'm just going to go. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people who recognized early on that I'd actually rather make less money and have a team to support so I can have a more more enjoyable lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of people who help me with work so that I can kind of move through time and space and, like, get to meet new people when I travel Argentina's not really a meet new people thing. But like, I just got back from Miami on Monday. Um, I was there for four days. I hosted on Saturday afternoon our Summit Art Basel gathering. Mm, I saw and that. And so, yeah, we had about 300 people come through. Really cool pop-up tent on the beach at this, this hotel called The Nautilus. And that would yeah. be like an example of like, I was meeting people, having great conversations, and then working with the team to like follow up. And then also um, just generally enjoyment for a place like Argentina. And where do you want to go then? Not physically, but you were talking about your journal and getting to where you want to go. Yeah, of like, course. What is that for you? Um, well, I'd like to have a really cool family compound with my, ideally in either Malibu or Santa Barbara, where... My sister lives on it, parents live on it, and we all have, like, a really cool community spot. I love that. But we that. all have, like, a really private family space. Yeah. And 
um, you know, continuing to like build the family business, continuing to build Summit community, and then incorporating, you know, my desire for social impact. Mm. So what is that? What social issues are you most passionate about? Um, the two that I'm most passionate about would be environmental conservation. I studied natural resource economics at Berkeley in college and was in the College of Natural Resources. Um, and then I also minored in global poverty and the history of development. So wow. I'm really passionate about education um, because I know I was really lucky to get a good one mm-hmm. and how much it changed the game for me. Mm-hmm. And so my friend, for example, Taylor Conroy has a, has a really cool organization called Journey. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he helped create a fundraising platform before called Change Heroes. They would empower individuals to fundraise through their community. He built this platform over 400 schools and over $4 million got raised on it. I was one of the 400 people. I raised $12,000 and built a school in Ecuador. That's incredible. Thank you. And so that was really exciting. And then I'm actually in May of this year leading a trip with him to Colombia. And we're going to go build homes. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. Thank you. That's in Ecuador. Where did you say? Colombia for the trip. But we built the, we went, we went to Ecuador in, I want to say it was 2000 and... 14 and he took me to this remote jungle village where we took like a a a a canoe a riverboat up the river we got to this small mountain community island you know jungle community called mondanya and there was no running water uh you know 300 people no electricity uh fully living a different world yeah and they had the schoolhouse they had the um the public health doctor you know, for lack of a better word, building. Mm -hmm. And then they had um, the agricultural outposts throughout and like the shaman and we got a chance to see the whole place. And I was so excited that I was like, let's do it. And Mm -hmm. so he got me on board. I'm a big advocate. He's one of my social impact partners in crime. And what's the school like? Is it because there's a lot of different ways people are building schools now? So one of the things that's really unique, um, he builds it in partnership with Free the Children. Mm-hmm. And what they do, as opposed, little things like instead of building a schoolhouse at floor level, building it two feet off the ground so when it floods, it doesn't get flooded, right? Mm-hmm. Like little things like that. Um, building in a way to house the teacher locally mm-hmm. if anything happens with weather. Uh, building in the resources to have the classroom outfitted, not just have a structure, but actually have like a teacher and be able to pay the teacher's salary for the next five to 10 years, that kind of stuff. So it's more than just school. It's, it's a place of learning for many years to come. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You're so dynamic and you're, you're in so many different things. I love that. And I think that's important for people to, to just realize that we are, we do get to choose the life that we want and the decisions that we make are, you know, just a direct reflection of that. And also just your job, your everyday nine to five or your 24 seven job doesn't have to, that's not where it has to end. You can be interested in all these different things and involved in some way. Definitely. So how, what would you recommend someone who maybe just can't, hasn't grasped that yet or 
maybe is now aware of that, but doesn't know where to begin? So I think the baseline for everything is curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, looking around at the world and saying like, why is it this way? How did this come to be in front of me and where does it come from? Because everything has a story. Mm -hmm. And so asking that first question of curiosity, and I've heard a lot of other people repeat it and echo that sentiment, um, that leads to, to, to exploration. And that's where, that's where the fun is. So mm -hmm. I think that we often place our own limitations or, or we get afraid to change our life because we're not sure what's going to follow. Uh, a good friend of mine, Josh Zabar, you know, always says, like, I leap and the net will follow. Mm -hmm. And I totally believe that. Um, it can be stifling at times to not know where you're going, but to be comfortable in the space of transition. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Exploration. Cause it's, can be a mental thing too. You totally. don't physically have to go somewhere. You can totally read a book and learn about that story. So my last question for you is what do you want to be remembered by? It's so funny. You say this, oh my gosh. Because I was just talking with a friend about this um, last week in Miami. So we talked about the concept, an artifact is something that's sort of like a piece of your legacy, mm. right? And we were discussing how, you know, the, the early stage hunter-gatherers, the only artifacts are what they carried on their back. So there's not a lot of history around that era. But if you look at like the rise of cities and agricultural societies, they have all these, the idols, the religious, everything. Yeah. And so we were thinking about like, what do I want my artifact to be if they discovered it in 200 years from now on planet Earth? And they're like, well, it was David Denberg. <laughs> um, the thing, one of the things I was most proud of for sure is the school. Yeah. But um, I, think, I think the artifact and the story will be more connected to uh, my pursuit of like um, development and creating culture. And so I think Powder Mountain will be part of the story. Yeah. I also really want to make uh, like an incredible piece of piece of art. Mm -hmm. And when I say art, I mean, I think film or literature, like write a book. Oh yeah. Yes. And they'll find that in your compound. They'll, they'll dig it up in your compound and learn about you that, that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Malibu. Yeah, so thank you for joining us. That was really fun. Thank you for I having me. I love drinking matcha with you. Appreciate it. You've got a great recipe. I'm going to have to get it from you. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you later. 